0: What is up, everyone? This is Primetime Kansas City, and on today's episode, we'll be going over the Royals. They're still winning, which might shock some people, according to ESPN and their power rankings. We We will be talking about a little bit of soccer. I know not many of you guys are interested in soccer, but a big thing happened in soccer, which John will explain, as he's really good in explanations. We also have a lead draft analyst and film analyst for Arrowhead Pride, Kent Swanson, on the show. So, that's it's a good interview. Uh... We introduced Kent to Mel Kiper III, which was kind of funny. But yeah, we'll just probably find some more things to ramble on about since, you know, we're primetime Kansas City and we don't have a set schedule. But other than that, let's get right into it. The Royals, they, they finally got their first series loss against the Rays, but their win against them was kind of it was, – it was a good sign to see. It, it showed that this team doesn't give up regardless of however much they're down. But what I want to talk about first – Jake Junis has lost it. And I think we all saw it coming.
1: I mean, that's not really fair to say. He had one shaky outing. That's not really necessarily the end of the world. If you want to talk about someone who's lost it, you can talk about Brad Keller, who's had three just fucking horrendous starts so far. I truly think he needs
0: MRI. He definitely needs an MRI. Um,
1: I mean, maybe. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe he's just not throwing the way he was. I mean, he's a ground ball pitcher, and so far this season... That fucker is getting everything hit up in the zone and hit his fly the balls. balls.
0: juiced this year?
1: Yeah, the balls have been uh, they've been put down from when they were juiced, so that also makes it kind of a little more interesting. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really ready to say that Junis has lost his shit, um, but Keller is in danger.
0: Yeah, I mean, when we look at this team, we don't even have Mondi. Uh, True. If Keller can get better. better that's really good. Like, yeah. I think if the Royals want to have any chance of just fighting for a wild card spot, they need a healthy Brad Keller. Plain and simple. They,
1: I mean, healthy, yes. Not, but so, just, not
0: sorry, healthy. A 2020 Brad Keller.
1: They need Brad Keller to be Brad Keller. I mean, they can't win consistently with starting pitching, giving you giving yourself four runs down automatically. Um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone would agree with that. Keller was someone that I think we were all kind of counting on. Uh, this year to be reliable and so far he has not been so that's been a huge blow Uh, but even with that they're still doing pretty well so that's a good sign to see that they've been able to overcome their number one pitcher in the rotation being absolute garbage so far
0: john uh we're 17 games into the season and the royals are 10-7 what do you think has been the number one key factor to having this decent start
2: Um, I really just like, it's been weird because I think there's been, um, a lot of games that we've won with our hitting and vice versa. Um, it's been, it's been, I would say a lot of just, uh, timely plays and good at bats from guys like Santana and, um, like last night, I think Hans or Alberto had a few quality at bats. My mm. takeaway is there's been a lot of games where it seemed like, you know, it's going to be rough and it's going to be a close one. And we just kind of had the more quality play in like the innings that matter. So, yeah, I will I will definitely take that going forward. So, um, do you think
0: just experience?
2: Uh, yeah, I just think playing well when we need to play well. I mean, we have that game we win with Santana multiple times bailing us out with dingers. Um, you know, the Salvi walk-off in a close game. We've gotten by by the skin of our teeth quite a few times. Um, so just being able to execute in those close games, it's been pretty refreshing. And I think it's kind of been a slight change from last year because I felt like we lost quite a few last, uh, quite a few close games in the past season. So it's nice to uh, to be heavily on the winning side of those, which is what we've been this year.
0: Do you guys expect is. this to keep, to keep going?
2: Yeah, one of the hard
3: parts
1: about it is the way that they're playing, they're not going to stay above 500 if they continue to play like this because it's nice that they're 10-7, but they have a negative run differential. They have been outscored so far. So that typically throughout a season does not hold up. You don't really see many teams finish above 500 with a negative run differential. Uh, So they definitely, I think, if they want to keep up a solid record, are going to have to start playing differently. The starting pitching really – I mean, outside of Duffy. Duffy's done his part. Outside of Duffy, the starting pitching really needs to get going. Four of the five guys right now have really been disappointments. Junis Four of the, eh. I was going to say three.
2: Big disappointment.
1: I was going to I, I give Junis a little leeway. He hasn't. But three of the five for
2: – I don't think Singer's been a disappointment. No.
1: Eh. I mean, he's, he's been okay. He's been okay. He was shaky
0: his Last first start. two starts.
1: He's been okay. Really, I don't know. Keller's just really been a big letdown, and it feels like Miner's, Yeah, he's all right.
0: Miner's no. He'll be interesting.
1: That's all we expect. it would be, be interesting. I don't know. Miner's, yeah, whatever. You know, you don't expect the world out of him.
2: I mean, could um, a Miner move to the bullpen down the line be in the cards as well? Yeah,
0: I mean, you could. That's actually a good point because, I mean, if we do see someone like Daniel Lynch or Chris Bubik or Jackson Coar get called up, we could see Mike Minor be in a position that maybe Jake Junis will be in or was in last year.
1: But also I want to brace Royals fans for the fact that when those guys get called up inevitably, except for Bubich, he's already been here, but when Lynch and Coar get called up inevitably, they're not going to be fucking amazing day one. It's going to be some struggle, and that you're going to have to deal with that. I feel like so many people are so excited to get them up, and they just feel like, oh, man, once they're up, our pitching is going to be solved. You're gonna to have to give them some time as well. It's not like, oh shit, Jackson Kowar's in the bigs. We're 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 gonna be cold now. It's it's gonna take some time.
0: Yeah, I mean, when we look at this, John, you kind of touched about this before we started the podcast. Switching leagues, the Dodgers—they're just fucking stoppable. 38 mean, run difference. I mean, we expected nobody this. thought
1: this wasn't gonna be the case.
0: Yeah, no, no <laughs> one saw this coming, but like. The Dodgers are on another level. Like I, if they don't make the World Series, you need to fire Dave Roberts. Uh, I
1: mean, I, I don't I'm know. Not, if they you don't. know.
0: I know they don't need to, but I'm just saying. Like, I think they, they should, should make the they okay. should make
1: the World Series. I
2: mean, it should. has to be said, the manager for the Dodgers means absolutely nothing, and I stand by that. He does not have to do anything. I could manage the Dodgers. And it would this is like exactly our Steve
0: Kirk conversation.
2: <laughs> like, I still feel
1: like I could have coached the Warriors to at least the playoffs with that team.
2: But baseball, like, you don't even coach in baseball. Like, there's no strategy. Yeah, if really. there's
0: anybody that needs to get fired, it's the coaches that, like, the pitching coach, the hitting coach. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, so bullpen really bullpen, coaches, bullpen like management, lineup management, game. I guess. I don't know. But, but hey, yeah, Dave Roberts does...
0: isn't on the hot seat.
1: No, no, hell no. You don't win the World Series and then get on the hot seat. That's not how it works. Um <laughs> Yeah, the Dodgers are OP. But good. going back to the Royals real quick, what do you do when Mondesi is healthy? Because Nicky Lopez has really played well and earned See, himself a spot on the roster. You want to know yeah, what I what, think we have to do? What do we do?
0: I think we put Nicky at second and Mondi at short and put Witt in the right field. And I'm sorry, but that's just – it sucks to be Kyle Isabel. <laughs> no,
2: to me, I'm I'm cutting – I'm slicing Nicky before I'm slicing Kyle. I'm going to be really. Honest. I I think I mean, Nikki's looked no far better than Nicky. Kyle.
0: Nikki's on a six good. game hitting streak.
1: I think Nikki's looked way better than Kyle so far.
0: I I just think I don't we know. can keep okay. them. I think if anybody needs to be designated for assignments, Hanser. He needs to learn what to swing at and what not to swing out. Okay. I mean I even Hanser. Hanser's like, okay he's been playing
1: pretty he's All right, not well bad. what?
0: You want to know something? They're not sending draw down. So they're gonna send no. a player that we don't want to be sent down. It's plain and simple, unless it's
1: Nikki. I could see. I wouldn't even want Nikki to be sent down at this point. That's he what Aaron I'm saying. I wouldn't is,
0: mind seeing him taking a bench spot.
1: Yeah, I mean it's going to be an interesting spot. I'll tell you this, I know that they've invested a lot into him and that there's a high ceiling for him. This but going. Mondesi better fucking play well because if he doesn't, I mean it's not like they're financially tied to him anymore. I thought they're, you were about. To, ben, I thought
0: you were about to talk about Bendy.
1: Oh no, I mean Bendy's a different story. Mondesi, when he comes back, needs to play well because this spot isn't just enshrined for him. He's just not guaranteed the spot. He better fucking hit the ball. He better stay consistent when he gets back because Nicky Lopez has been playing really well.
0: Yeah, yeah but I mean, I don't know. I just feel like Mondi's potential is so fucking high. It
1: is, but how long have we said that? I mean, I was on the same train, but we've been saying that for fucking five years now. When okay. when does it start to show? Okay,
0: Well, for five years, you started believing that when he was 20, and he's 25 right now. I believe okay. this year he needs to be – I think this is a year you, want, you either sign him to an extension or trade his ass. I really think it's
1: – I mean, listen, the number one ability in baseball or in any sport is availability, and he has, has struggled with that. He has not been able to do that consistently for us. So, I mean, we'll see. He's really – outside of last year, has not – which was a short season anyway, has not really played a full season. He played 59 of the 60 games last year. That was really the best we've seen out of him. A year before that, he played 102 out of 162. A year before that, he played 75. I and mean, we just haven't – one of the big things with him is we haven't really even seen him a lot. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I really don't know how much more baseball talk. I mean, there's so much you can go over, but – I will say I'm
1: surprised how bad Minnesota is. I know it's early, but I'm surprised that they're not – I mean, 6-11, and 11, that's a pretty – we've seen teams start slow, but – I'm surprised they're not any better right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, in the AL Central, I don't really think you can afford a slow start with how talented this division really is.
1: Really, the White Sox are still the favorite to win it, oh, I, yeah. I would say. I'm it's saying, really, like... I mean, here's the thing right now, is when we say slow start, the difference between us right now and the last place twins is four games. It's not like... Anybody's out of it, obviously. Yeah,
0: I know, but like four games at through seventeen a four game difference through seventeen games is a lot.
1: Yeah, but I mean that at the same time could be one series. The twins play us in a four-game series and sweep us their first. I mean it's they're right back. They'll be right back in it. There's no need to panic for them, but I am surprised how slow they've started.
0: Yeah, I mean I think the same can go for the Astros. They started out what, seven and one and now they've lost their last ten.
1: The fucking Yankees, bro, holy shit. Six and eleven? That team? Oh my god! The number two payroll in baseball, six and eleven. They better figure some shit out. Yeah. And Giancarlo Stanton also, is literally just also, a higher paid Jorge Soler. Before
0: before we uh go on from baseball, uh we lost we lost a friend. Uh, oh, we did lose a friend. We, we did lost lose a friend. a friend. Uh, Nick Nick Heath traded to the Diamondbacks. Uh,
1: it's tragic.
0: He's already starting for the Diamondbacks, which is a good... Yeah. I think the Diamondbacks definitely won that trade. If you're already getting a dude that's starting well, on the outfield for I mean, you... Okay, I'm just saying, like, if they're wanting talent right now. I think they won that, on that aspect.
1: To be Who fair, diamond... tra-
0: We traded for, like, a Shohei Otani in the infield, but the dude's not even yeah. good at pitching.
1: We traded for, like, a 21-year-old, I believe. And, yeah, I mean, listen, the reason I would say the Diamondbacks... Nick's been playing well, so I'm not... And, you know, good for Nick. I like that he gets to play instead of, you know, being stuck in the minors. But I won't say they won the trade because if they want a guy that can play now, why necessarily when you're in a division with the Padres and Dodgers, do you want a guy that's ready right now? Because you're not even a factor compared to them. So that would be one thing where I say, eh, why are you really trying to get guys for now when you're stuck in a division with – this Two of serious. the top five teams in baseball, probably.
0: That is something I want to say. Man, if the Padres or the Dodgers, one of them is definitely going to be a wild card team, no matter yeah, what.
1: Yeah, has to be. Yeah.
0: If if they lose a fucking wild card game, I would be so sad.
1: Well, do you remember the NL Central in 2015 when there was uh, St. Louis won 100, I believe, the Cubs won 98, and the Pirates won 97, or maybe that was flipped. No,
2: nah, Pirates won 98, Cubs won 90. Cubs won
1: 97. I mean, the the Cubs end up winning that Walker game. You got a ninety-eight, you got a ninety-seven win team, or a ninety-eight win team, a ninety-eight win team that went one and done. That's probably what you could see with the Padres. Is they just get stuck? You get stuck in a really tough division, and yeah, you're fucked. But what sucks for the Padres is, like I said, slow starts before. You know, you don't need to panic, but they're ten and ten, and when you're playing a division with the Dodgers, that's you're already playing some tough catch up.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I don't really have anything else. I think we should go into our interview with uh, Kent. So
2: yes, draft week. Draft, draft week is weeks. upon us. Next seven week. days away. Right now. To be
0: honest, we probably should have played this tomorrow or next week. But nah, nah we got to get him. Get we'll him give you
1: the head start. Day. You can listen to it any day for the next week. Yeah,
0: and you should also go buy his draft guide. It's actually very, yes. very good. Very good.
2: Yeah, if I had eight dollars.
1: I'll post my draft guide, by the way. Jesus, Mel. Free of charge.
0: All right. So we'll go to that interview, and here's the interview, I guess. One. All right. Now we welcome on a recurring guest. Uh, if you guys are an original listener, it is Kent Swanson. Kent is the lead draft and film analyst for Arrowhead Pride. Kent, we appreciate you coming on the week before the draft.
3: Oh, yeah, man. Excited to be on uh, talking some uh, some cheese with you, I'm sure. All right. So let's just get right into it. We're, are you fine if we talk
0: a little bit just about the NFL draft in general too?
3: Absolutely, whatever y'all. Want, if y'all want to talk Royals, whatever y'all want to talk about, I'm not good. after
0: last night's performance. The Royals they could be muted for a day, but <laughs> when we look at this NFL draft class, and I'm going to focus on the QBs here. And in the past five years, you've seen QBs come from like smaller schools to be something big. And like, yeah, you have your Carson Wentz, you have your Trey Lance, you have your Zach Wilson. And I had one more on my list, but like, why do you think these NFL teams, like they don't care what QBs play in, against like in college. Cause like my biggest thing for Trey Lance uh, is he didn't play anybody. And everyone says, well, if he can throw zero interceptions against college athletes, that's still good enough. But in my uh, perspective, I feel like for a, someone to get drafted in the top 10, maybe you have to have some good experience. And like, for me, I just don't see that in Trey Lance. Do you think there's been a change in that for the past five, ten years?
3: I think there's just a lot of context to that to that question, you know. And I think it just it, you got to vary it by case. You've got to look at the total body of work. You've got to see what they struggled with, um, how much that would change if they were playing at Alabama. You know what yeah. would that throw have flown, at Alabama? Obviously, you want a larger sample size against as great of talent as you possibly can. But I think, you know, there's reward for, you know, reading context and reading between the the, the the lines on a player. And I think, you know, there's still plenty of talented football players out there that, you know, teams are willing to swing on the talent if they identify it. And I mean, you look at Jordan Love last year and, and you got Trey Lance this year. There's some guys at some smaller schools that maybe don't have the same kind of exposure to bigger, bigger teams or against bigger teams that, you know, they they definitely have shown some talent and ability.
0: Yeah. And before we get on to this, I'm just gonna let you know, this is just a thing on the podcast. This was said back in like February. I will never call I mean, I will always call Zach Wilson a bust, even if he throws fifty touchdowns. So if you hear me hating on him, just understand that's why. I cannot <laughs> that strictly
1: good. comes from me and me hyping up Zach Wilson pretty much. This I think great. Zach Wilson's the best quarterback in the class. And ever since then he's just Never given Zach Wilson a chance. But drifting off of quarterbacks, because obviously the Chiefs are not in that market. We we think they're gonna go either offensive tackle, linebacker. You know, there's some other options available. What do you think they go with uh pick 31?
3: I think the betting odds are still at tackle. Um I think that makes the most sense. I mean, unless, you know, they, they could have some stuff in the works behind the scenes that we don't really know. I'm sure they have a plan for left tackle. Right now it kind of feels like the plan at left tackle is gonna be a rookie first round pick. And, you know, it, it's going to be fascinating to see if that's the approach they take or if they wait and maybe go grab a Russell in free agency and then take a tackle at 63 or something like that. But, yeah, that's that's the betting favorite for me right now is I think they got to address the offensive line and try to take Patrick Mahomes blindside. It seems pretty important to do that.
1: And you think that um, they would put in if they took a left tackle in the first round that that guy would start over Lucas Niang year one?
3: Well, I mean, I know I know. Andy Reid said, Lucas Niang, we got to look at him in two days that helps us, you know. Oh, we got, we, got, we got to look at him at left tackle for two days or whatever that was. I'm not buying that. I don't really – I you know, Andy says a lot of stuff in those press conferences, especially during, you know, the pre-draft, the week out from a draft. I mean, that, that's a lot of lion season right there for me. So I think Lucas Niang has a very good shot at being the right tackle for this football team. Um, I would be a little bit surprised if they decided that they were just going to throw a uh, unproven year removed from playing football uh, third round pick at left tackle yep. and just call it good. Like I, makes that sense. just doesn't pass the smell test to me. Yeah.
0: yeah now, kind sense. of looking at back at Brett Veach's like first picks in the last two drafts, we see McCall Hardman, wide receiver, which a little people, some people understood with the investigations Tyreek Hill had, and then we saw Clyde. If you had a guess for like a, whoa, where did that pick come from? What player or what position do you think that could be? And if you have that, what player do you think it could be?
3: Um, I think corner maybe. Uh, sneakily, the Chiefs have really not done a lot to address the cornerback position. Um, They've got Charverius Ward. They've got LeJarius Sneed. But who knows if they want LeJarius Sneed to play inside. They want him to play outside. I think, you know, cornerback's one of those dark horse positions. I think you're looking at wide receiver, edge, tackle – and, and cornerback I think those are your probably four biggest positions and I think you know the chiefs you know maybe Greg Newsom the second from Northwestern is still there maybe he's a guy maybe they take the swing on Caleb Farley and his talent even though he's got some back injuries you know that could be a position that could fall to them that's pretty good value I wouldn't be stunned to see them go grab a corner because we're not really talking a lot about it but there's it's not like they have a ton of you know talent mm-hmm. sitting there right now look well, charvagas word replaceable. So, I mean, I, there, it's, it's luxurious Sneed and a bunch of dudes right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I 100%
1: agree with that. If we got – you're naming off some guys there, but if we get to the end of the first round at 31 at tackle, who's a guy you realistically could see them taking there? Because, obviously, guys like Penesul Sewell and Rashawn Slater are going off the board early. But some of those guys, you could maybe see a scenario with Elijah Vera, Tucker or someone else sliding. Who do you think would be the best fit at 31?
3: So we went with Elijah Vera Tucker, Tucker as a tackle in the draft guide, but after the draft guide, the deadline for that, all that release, his arms were the shortest uh, of yeah. all of our top 20 tackles. So he's got very much guard length, and historically Andy Reid does covet length. Um, yeah. I, I do think that that's going to be a problem uh, for him, so they, it's going to be hard to make an exception that big. So I think the guy you want to keep an eye on it's Christian Derrissaw, and he very well could – or not Christian Derrissaw, sorry, Tevin, Tevin Jenkins. I think yes, Derrissaw's yes. gone. I think Darisaw will be gone. I think Tevin yes. Jenkins, though, is the guy that could ultimately be uh, – a guy that could potentially fall all the way to 31. I think you're a little bit lucky if he falls if he to does, 31. Yeah. Don't get He'd me wrong. I don't, I don't think he's a slam dunk guy there. Yeah. But, yeah, but he makes a lot of sense. And Oh, and, God, yeah. You know, he's a good football player. I think he's good value at the end of round one.
1: All out of, out of all of the offensive tackles I've watched – He, to me, was the most physical offensive lineman out of all of them. And watching him a lot, I kind of got a Brian Bulaga, if you know who that is. I kind of saw a little bit of Brian Bulaga in his game, which would obviously be a huge upgrade right now for the Chiefs offensive line. So if they can get Tevin Jenkins at 31, I think that would be a huge, huge steal in the draft.
3: Oh, for sure. And, I mean, he's a guy that's played a lot of right tackle to this point in his career. Mm -hmm. He's played a little bit on the left side. He's got a little bit of experience over there, I understand, but his tape's a lot better on the right side. But I do think he has the – I think the good thing for him and why there's a chance he's not there at 31 is he's got the athleticism, I think. He showed a really quality athletic profile through the process, uh, has the requisite arm length, uh, obviously the physicality of the high-level plays. He's a really, really fun player. Um, it'll be fascinating to see if the Chiefs, if he's available, if they do pull the trigger on him.
0: Yeah, mm. we're like eight minutes into this interview. I don't. I'm pretty sure you realize this. Jackson's the lead draft guy on here. I'm just the dude yeah. learning it. We call him <laughs> Mel Kiper the Third. So
1: this year, I've been watching a lot.
0: Yes, I'm NBA draft. He's he's NFL draft. And the other guy, yep. John, he just shows up to the podcast. But looking at this year. <laughs> yeah. There was no combine. Do you think that favored some players or do you think that uh, put some players at a disadvantage like uh, team or players that don't get that national exposure like DK Metcalf at the combine?
3: Oh, I think I think it hurt a lot of players for sure. Uh, not getting the standardized testing, not really getting a great opportunity to show out on a big stage. You know, I, one of the things about, you know, the pro days are great and there's value in pro days for sure. Don't get me wrong but there's no standardization to them. You know, maybe mm-hmm. a team has a 39-yard, 40-yard dash, you know? Like, and so it's really hard to, you know, the, the, be, the one of the best things with the athleticism testing is it's an even playing field for everybody, and it helps people match up against each other. And I think there's definitely some guys that could have really helped themselves if they would gotten a chance to test, you know, in front of, uh, you know, and comparatively to the rest of their class. I think that would have been beneficial to some guys for sure, and you know it's 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 harder evaluating these guys because there is no standardization on the testing
1: yeah no 100% agree with that and you've seen i don't understand why but teams still fall in love with the guy who has a great 40 yard dash and take him absurdly high like a John Ross, I don't understand it, but they I still so seem to high love that.
0: When he broke the record, I'm not even gonna
1: lie. That, I mean, that's what everyone thinks because they're like, "Oh my God, fast I, equals amazing and good." But yeah,
3: I no, kind of like, liked his tape a little bit, though. But yeah, well, maybe I'm not saying it. he's a he's bad player that good.
1: I'm just saying, I guys like him that have a really good combine or 40 yard dash. You see their stock rise this year. Obviously, guys didn't have that much of an opportunity to impress but it's kind of shifting gears obviously the chiefs kind of are stacked at wide receiver with tyree kill and you know demarcus robinson McCole hardman are good pieces around them but it's also a position they might address in this draft so who's a guy you think uh, would make a good fit in kansas city from what you've seen
3: um, you know, I think Rashad Bateman makes some sense as a as a round one guy. Um, if the, if he's, I think he's in that pool of players that the Chiefs could look at at thirty one. But I'm really more interested in seeing them wait until day two to try to go grab a wide receiver. I Agree. And, you know, I think there's a lot of you know interesting types uh, out there, and I think you know there's some quality X type receivers that you know I'm kind of a fan of. Be interesting to see where Diami Brown goes uh, if he's yeah. sitting around there in sixty three. Uh, Josh Palmer, I really like the wide receiver yeah. out of Tennessee. Uh, you could even see like a like a Nico Collins out of out of Michigan or a mm. Seth Williams out of Auburn. All these guys I yeah. think can play that X type role where you know he's big, he's on the line of scrimmage, um, can beat press, win the contested catch situations. Most of the guys I just listed are good blockers, not all of them, but. I mean, those are things that you can really go a long way in helping you uh, see the field in an Andy Reid offense. So all those kind of guys, I'd be interested to see them on, like, you know, on that, in that yeah. round three range is where I think the Chiefs should try to go grab a receiver. Personally, personally, the guy that I'm kind of hoping
1: they can get in round two, it'd be amazing if they could get him in round three, is Amari Rogers out of Clemson. I, I really see him as kind of a Randall Cobb. He's very – I think you could put him out all over the field. I think he'd be a huge addition for the Chiefs. Uh, what do you think about Amari?
3: Some teams like him at running back. Uh, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. So he's. I mean, he's a big, well-built. You kinda know, like Ty Montgomery. Yeah, a little bit maybe. That's that's not a bad comp. I kind of like that a little bit. Um, I think you know, there's some there's some ability there. Obviously, I think he's got a versatile route tree and running some stuff from the slot, um, like he has uh, a little bit at Clemson. I think that will translate well if he does try to move you know the running back route i don't know i'd I'd let him play receiver personally i think that's i think that's the that's where i would start him i get why a team would think about it at least because he probably is when it's all said and done one of the eight to ten best running backs in this class if you throw him there but oh yeah um i like him at receiver and i think he's a good football player he's a little bit smaller i don't know if he's like a true x type receiver he's more of a guy that you're probably gonna operate in the slot but right i like him
0: yeah, so we're, we're a Missouri-based podcast. Uh, what are your thoughts on Nick Bolton?
3: Had to bring it up.
0: I had to bring it up. Yeah, no, bring it up. <laughs> I'm not Mel okay, from so the third.
3: I actually really. Anytime I can talk about. Anytime I can talk about Nick Bolton here, I actually appreciate the chance. So, yeah. I, if anybody doesn't know, I have a tweet about Nick Bolton pinned on my profile. I think it would be an absolute mistake for the Chiefs to take Nick Bolton in the first round of this draft. And so many Missouri fans want him in a Chiefs uniform. And I get why y'all are homers to your squad. I get it. I love it. I appreciate you. I, I understand entirely. Yep. Nick Bolton. Would you
0: like me to read your tweet? That's pin for people. That go
3: for read. it. If you want to read it, go for All right.
0: it. So Ken starts off with, hi, friends. Very, very polite. Very nice.
3: Trying to be, I'm trying to be nice. We started to, off very subtle. Here.
0: Anybody that says that, I'm in. All right. The Chiefs yeah. should shouldn't take Nick Bolton because most of their linebacker snaps already accounted for in 2021 with Anthony Anthony Hitchens in parentheses who they love and I'm gonna assume that's Willie Gay, not Bill Gay. Oh, I call him Bill. Okay, oh. Bill Bill Gay. This tweet will <laughs> remain pinned on my profile until the end of April. All questions will be referred here. That's that's your pin tweet. I just brought it up. I just wanted to hear your opinion. Okay. Look, see. Listen. Whenever he got ejected against Arkansas in like the last yeah. home game of the year, I've been butt hurt ever since that. And I was like, this man really doesn't doesn't get any national exposure. But hey, I respect your decision.
3: Listen, I like Nick Bolton. That's what's okay. so crazy about this. This is not a. This is not Nick Bolton's slander. This is the Chiefs have not. They have five other needs i've listed before they get to linebacker he doesn't really present an immediate help in year one they love anthony hitchens they've made it harder to cut anthony hitchens in his contract oh yeah and they just drafted willie gay in the top in the second round last year i think it's insane if you go and draft a very good linebacker with good football character with good instincts i get all that That's a limited athlete. He tested extremely poorly. That was a really bad showing for him, who also hasn't shown the best coverage ability. If the Chiefs are going to draft a linebacker early, it better be a player that can cover because they don't have enough of that right now at the second level, and Nick Bolton doesn't solve that problem. So I'm not really going to be thrilled if the Chiefs go linebacker in the first two rounds as it is, but Nick Bolton's a guy I don't think makes sense, even though I get it and I understand why Missouri fans love him. And I'm not saying I'll dislike the player. I just would hate the idea of, of that approach in this draft.
0: Well, this is awkward. We had Nick on the other line. We thought you were just going to start slaying.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah we, were, we, were, we were just waiting. So we, right. that, that just got Sorry, awkward Nick. because you Sorry, started being Nick. nice You're to him. Gone. But... All right. Okay, but here is this. I do want to ask this because linebacker, as much as we have, you know, addressed it in Hitchens as their guy, is still a point of weakness on the team. I think everyone can see that. They don't have anyone that can cover, and not a lot of teams do have a guy that can cover, Darren Waller, but you saw how bad it was last year when they had to try and line up against him. Who is the one linebacker, if they were to take one early, that you'd be okay with? And there is a right answer here.
3: Well, I you know, if my obviously, I, I know this is probably not the answer. If Micah Parsons fell because of the character stuff, obviously I'd think about trading up for him. I'd think about it at least. Um, I know there's a lot of people that really like Zayvon Collins. I'm not the biggest Zavin Collins fan. And I think he's, I mean, he's bulked up to 270 now. They might be moving him to edge full time. Um, Jabril Cox is a fascinating coverage player, uh, as is Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. So those are two athletic linebackers that might fall into day two that the Chiefs might want to take a look at um, as guys that are more sub Well, I guess Jamin Davis might ultimately be a guy that can play. Um, you know, three downs long term. Jabril Cox, I'm a little bit more worried he might wind up being a sub player, but those are two guys I think you like the athletic profile of them. They're guys that have a lot of coverage upside.
1: I don't know if you didn't say him just because you don't think he'll drop there, but my favorite linebacker is Jeremiah Lucio Coramaya or Cormea I think I just wanted to say
0: his name just because you're so proud that you can pr- pronounce name.
1: <laughs> no, no, I think he's the best linebacker in the class, but I, we again, actually. We actually yeah, have him ahead. as a
3: safety. We have him as a safety. A safety, really. Yes. So yeah, I think his I mean he's been an overhang. He's been kind of an overhang defender for the majority of his time. Um, we haven't really seen a ton of him operating in the box. I don't I think he's more of a if you okay. like for us, he, we see him more as a safety overhang type player than he is yeah. in a, a linebacker.
1: Do you kind of see him like Isaiah Simmons at all? Is that something uh um, like-
3: well, I think Isaiah Simmons was an overhang player that started operating, but I mean operating inside the you know inside the tackle box. But I mean Isaiah Simmons, his physical profile is so much different. He yeah. actually had the ability to play inside, like Jeremiah Wusu koromo I think his physical profile is more as a safety, and where he's played and what he projects best at. Like, I don't think he's a guy that's going to deconstruct blocks very often and, and really be mm-hmm. able to sort through traffic inside. I think he's a guy that you want playing in coverage, just his instincts as a blitzer. Um, he could probably play a, a middle or play a half uh, in a split field coverage deep. You know, like, I think that's a better fit for him and his skill set.
1: Interesting. I, I had actually not heard someone say that. I've been watching a lot of tape and a lot of people's opinions on him, and I've not heard anyone put him at safety. So that's interesting.
3: Yeah, he's a fascinating guy, but I think he's kind of like a I think he's more I think he's more of a safety type, and that's kind of how we projected him at the He draft. does only so,
1: you know, he does only weigh two sixteen, which is very light for a linebacker.
3: Right. And well I think, you know, I think there's more safety buzz out there for him um than I think there is some safety buzz out there for him because of his physical profile and all that.
0: If you had a guess, do you think the Patriots trade up for a quarterback? <sighs>
3: Man. Uh, And if so, who? Who do you think they charge? I I, I think it's Mac Jones. I'm not buying the Mac Jones stuff at all. Uh, I'm offended that they would even. Wait,
0: before you go, I'm going to be honest. I haven't looked at your draft guide. We should buy it. Uh, should. Okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Give us your top five QBs. Or top four. Top four. No, top five. Uh, Top five. Top
3: four or five. Trevor Wilson. Or Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson. Yes. Justin Fields. Thank, you. Who's Thank my, you. Justin Fields is my personal QB2 though. Thank uh, you. Uh Trey Lance is QB4 and then Big Gap Mac Jones.
1: I agree.
0: <laughs> Kent, I think that's literally my list, but I was literally like sh-
3: No,
1: no, don't listen to him, Kent. He put Zach Wilson at 5. No, I he did not. Mac I, jo- no, yes, did you not. did. I did not.
3: Last time we were on this podcast,
1: you put Mac Jones above Zach Wilson. I don't want to hear it. Okay,
0: I might have I might have done that.
3: Anyways, well, that's okay. Hey, to each their own, man. I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm not hey, gonna slander anybody. It's because for the he's
0: takes. a bus. It's because he's a bus.
3: That's all, yeah, according to you, man. He's a bust. Hey, look, if you're putting Zach Wilson at QB five to troll your friend, then I get it entirely.
0: Thank you. See, he does. I understand. It's troll. Can't, it's only to uh, troll though. Mel gets pretty pissy if I put him at five.
1: Mel, Mel the third. Mel the third, huh? Mel the third. Yeah. Here's what I have in my mock draft because I'm an absolute lunatic and did a seven round mock draft for every team. I had New England trading up to four with Atlanta to get Justin Fields. Do you think there's any chance that happens?
3: Uh, do I think there's a chance that happens? Yeah, I think it's a king's ransom to get him. Um, I I do think there's a chance Justin Fields is there now. Uh, I think yeah. I, I think Trey Lance very well could be on his way to uh, to the Niners, and if so, I think a, a smart football team is moving up to grab Justin Fields. I think Mac Wilson winds up outside of the top 10, though. So okay, maybe so it's a smaller trade-up. That kind of answers grab. my
1: question. There has been so much buzz, which I don't understand at all, about Mac Jones going to the Niners at three. Do you buy any of that? I mean, obviously you just said you don't think he's going to the top 10, but why do you think there's buzz at all? Like, why three?
3: I think some people were having fun when the Niners traded up. Uh, and I think the Niners might be the team that's having a little bit of fun, a little bit of smokescreen, because I don't understand why you are – like there's no – there's the same – there's not a same ceiling to – um, you know, it's, a, it's a lower ceiling for Mac yeah. Jones than all these other yeah. guys. And the the Niners have the fourth best quarterback in the NFC West right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. And the ceiling of Mac Jones is the third best quarterback in the NFC West. You need an elite quarterback yeah. in that division to compete. And I don't know why you would go and, you know, grab Mac Jones, who I don't think can win a shootout against any of those guys.
1: Yeah, I agree. And one thing that I heard uh... – And, you know, Colin Cowherd can be, you know, an idiot at times, but he did make a good point here was that since John Lynch has taken over in San Francisco, that nothing has leaked there. The the Trent Williams trade, nothing. Jimmy Garoppolo, nothing. They've had a ton of moves. Nothing's gotten out. And he said there's no way that all all of a sudden that the Mac Jones pick is just going to get out. So I think that that it, it is a smokescreen as well.
3: Yeah, and I think there's some truth to the. I think I, the trend, well, uh, the recent Trey Lance reporting, kind of makes a little bit of sense. Mm-hmm. It could just be, they, I mean, but again, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of concern about Justin Fields out there, and then there's been a lot of talks about Trey yeah. Lance and Mac Jones, but not a lot to, about Justin Fields. There's yeah, might that might tell the story there.
1: And, and another question, because sorry, Josh, to keep asking, but, no, no, uh, please, please. <laughs> another question, because I'm simply just you know I'm obviously an amateur watching this but I'm just not seeing the problems with Justin Fields what is the
3: issue with him why
1: why is the stock
3: not really high on him um I don't I don't know I mean he's my like I said he's my QB2 personally yeah. we, you know um I don't know how you can watch the Clemson game mm-hmm. and question his love of the game of football football character oh, yeah. toughness, yeah. leadership there's nothing that that game should tell you other than this man loves football. He loves his teammates. He's a good leader who's mm-hmm. going to play through a, a serious rib injury and mm-hmm. is going to play some of his best football in the biggest moments, going toe-to-toe with the number one pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we can have this conversation about some of the flaws in Justin Fields and just pretend like that game didn't happen. That was He was not yeah. perfect this year by any stretch of the right. word. But he's still a young kid. He doesn't have a ton of games. He's got, I believe, less than close to less than twenty games uh, as yeah. a as a starter yeah. under his belt. Makes sense. Yeah. And we're gonna just sit here and and you know dunk on this kid. I don't get it. I believe I, in him. I a smart a smart offensive coordinator. If they get a smart offensive coordinator, if he, if he gets oh, in the good. right situation, he could take off. Absolutely. Yeah. And. The, you
1: know, take the character things out because I don't even have anything to say about that. I think that's all baloney. Just on-field stuff, really the things that he struggles with to me are what every rookie quarterback struggles with, getting off of your first read, uh, maybe having better accuracy, like stuff like even Trevor Lawrence has trouble with that. So I just agree with you. Yeah, I don't understand it. I could see Justin Fields ending up. I say this, if he ends up in San Francisco or maybe even New England, I could see him winning more than any quarterback in this draft.
3: It's. I mean, it's about situation for all these guys, if we're being honest. You know, it, the talent level, obviously. But, you know, if 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 Jacksonville doesn't do a good job building around Trevor Lawrence, I mean, It'll it's not going to you know, be as easy for him to elevate that football he team. Could end up so, like Andrew so, Luck. He, I mean, he could. I mean, he could. I mean, Andrew Luck's still shown through for sure. But, like, oh, yeah. the no, situation's critical. It's, it's a critical factor in these guys' development. And smart teams build. Around what their quarterback strengths are and put the right people around them, and that helps them find that success and build towards becoming an elite quarterback.
0: Yeah. I know you're short on time, but before we go, who is the number one pick in the 2022 NFL draft?
3: Oh, my Lord. Uh, I my brain's shutting off. It's probably going to be Sam Howell out of North Carolina because some team is going to over, you know, want to really be aggressive to identify and grab a quarterback. So, some bad football team is going to take Sam Howell. I still believe in Sam Howell. So, like, I think he could be the guy.
1: I don't know. I think Trubisky ruined it for North Carolina Cubans. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say this I had one more question that I hadn't gotten around to yet for tonight. For this draft, do you think you're going to see some teams trade back and gain capital for future drafts because they really don't have as much on these guys as they will in the future when there's combines and stuff?
3: Oh, yeah. I think there's some validity to that. And I think a lot of teams are going to be trying to trade out. And I think this is a buyer's market. You might be able to get uh, into a, a earlier pick you know, in a trade-up for less than you normally can. And so that could be a good thing for the Chiefs if they want to go up and grab a tackle. And you know how aggressive Brett Veach can be. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, Kent, we really appreciate it. If you guys want to go, follow Kent on Twitter. Follow him at Kent underscore Swanson. Uh, next year, you gonna be back? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. There, there's there the Porter.
1: Yeah, we'll see if Sam Howell's still the guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna ask you
0: that. We're gonna we're gonna play yeah. that clip next year,
1: and
3: you're, you're right.
1: It. You go can be it. our hey. You can take. That'd be, over a, pretty good over call. The That'd be a
3: pretty good call. Uh, yeah. Your way. I don't feel good about it, but I don't feel about any. I don't feel good about any 2022 (laughs) projection. I know that's true. I just save that clip too, please. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, we're not going to save that. (laughs) Only only the prediction.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Kim. Uh, Like I said, go follow him at Twitter. Uh, How long is your draft
3: guide going to be up? Uh, it'll be up through. uh, It'll be up through the draft probably. So you have a chance to get it still. You guys got to check it out.
0: Uh, I'm gonna go check it out because now I feel very guilty after my comment. But <laughs>
3: <laughs> don't. I'll hey, I'll hook you up right after this. All right. Hey. All right. Thank you. Other than that, yep.
0: we'll see you guys on the next interview. Peace. All right. Three, two, one. All right. That was a great interview from Kent. As we said, if you wanna go follow Kent on Twitter, it is Kent underscore Swanson. Uh, I bet you there will be a lot of news and tweets going on in the next week on his profile. But. Let's stick with draft news. John, you weren't able to be there for the interview. Who do you want to see the Chiefs take at 31?
2: 31? I don't have a name. Um, Look, I think the number one priority to address is the offensive line, but obviously I know that the way the draft works, you kind of – it's good sense to take the best player available. I just don't want us to go offense with outside of the O-line. Like a wide receiver – I would not really be too thrilled with. Um, But, I mean, Brett Veach has
0: done that in the past two years.
2: Yeah, I know. I would take – I would not complain about an edge rusher or an O-lineman. I think both of those things would help us out a lot. Um, I just – yeah. I would really hate to see us wasting our early round picks on freaking players like Clyde Edwards-Alaire again. Nothing against him. It just I don't think that necessarily addresses our urgent needs at that early spot. So hopefully O line or that edge rusher position, because those are the two spots that we definitely could use the most.
0: Yeah, I mean we kind of talked about it already, but I mean I wanna... I'll tell you this from yeah. Go ahead from st- Go ahead, Mel.
1: Mel the third, yeah. Um, I'll tell you this from looking at this draft class. There's a pretty, it's a pretty good offensive line class. I think the Chiefs could really get a, a quality starter on the second or third round as well. I tell you, the really the weakest position of this draft class is defensive tackle. And I'm not necessarily saying the Chiefs need to draft one because they do have Chris Jones. They add Jerron Reed, but when you go past Christian Barmore out of Alabama, the next best guy I wouldn't take until like the third or fourth I thought, round. I
0: thought there's like a D tackle that's from Miami that's projected to go like ninth
1: from Miami um, yeah they have they have Jalen Phillips who's an outside guy they have Gregory Rousseau who's an outside guy okay, I don't well, think one
0: of them like one of them tested out the combine as a tackle
1: well as a guy who played true D tackle in college there really there's only one so that would be interesting to see I don't think Christian Barmore makes it to 31 if he does the Chiefs would absolutely have to take him um I think it's really offensive line I don't think there's a way that they can go outside of that though after what you just watched in the Super Bowl it's clear as day when you cut both your starting tackles you have to go that um and there's gonna be some good ones there I mean it's not gonna be Panay Sewell which John wants to throw the entire organization away to get but
0: uh, it's not
1: it's not gonna be Rashawn Slater those are those two are way too good uh and Kent yesterday you know in the interview you said it's probably not gonna be Elijah Vera Tucker because of his arm length or his uh, wingspan so I don't know. I I could see, we talked about it with Kent, Tevin Jenkins, really good tackle. I would not be opposed to that. Um, Alex Leatherwood, Alabama. Some people have him as a day two guy. I could see him being at the end of the first round. Uh, But but more than, here's the thing, kind of going on in my rant. The only positions they will not draft are quarterback, running back, tight end, and outside of that, I could see them draft in any position I don't in the think first they'll
2: round. take a linebacker. I could never see them taking a linebacker.
1: See, and Kent agreed with you because he said that – because Josh, of course, you know
2: Josh. No, had to bring uh, up Josh, did you bring up Nick Bolton? Yeah. Josh had to bring up Nick Bolton. His pinned tweet know. is literally – I know. That's Nick why I Bolton. brought it up.
1: And – And – And – And – And – And and Kent does not think we should take a linebacker even in the second round early because of the capital we spent to get Willie Gay. They really like Anthony Hitchens. They've made his contract even harder to get rid of, so they are going to play Anthony Hitchens. So I don't know. I don't think they're going to take a linebacker either. That being said, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it at 31 necessarily. I'm not saying they will, but I would not be opposed to it.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's tricky. I, I have no clue really. With I'm, you, So you're fine with the receiver?
1: I'd say the right receiver, yes. The and here's right
2: why. receiver. I it, it depends. It me.
1: depends on the wide receiver. Just... If if they go and get, you know, some guy, I don't know. Here's the thing. I've looked at Rondale Moore out of Purdue, and if he stays healthy, that's really his only flaw. That fucker would be insane in this offense. Also, I talked about this with Kent. Not in the first round, but Amari Rogers out of Clemson is literally like Randall Cobb reincarnated. Jackson, so if... I-,
0: I, wanted to, I wanted to bring that up. On your on all your uh, comps, they, they all just so happen to been all these Packers players, which I kind of found funny.
1: I mean they were that did have some good amount of Packers players. No, that is I, true.
0: All of them were Packers except one.
1: Okay. Well, I watched Amari Rogers and I see Randall Cobb. I also saw Ty Montgomery, who was also a Packer at one point. Uh, yeah, if they could nab him later in the draft, that would be nice. I don't think they should take Kadarius Toney at 31 if he's there, wide receiver out of Florida. He gets open a shit ton, but has butterfingers out the ass. Um, so, yeah, I don't think they will take wide receiver at 31. But I would also not be very mad if they took Rondale Moore out of Purdue at 31. I'll say that. I don't think he makes it to 31. But if he does, he's, he's a playmaker. He's a, he's a dynamic playmaker.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, look, to be honest – the draft, it should be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Tom Brady? Also corner. I wanted to corner. bring this up. Tom Brady's a little pissed about the rule Kansas City Chiefs introduced. I don't know if you guys saw yes. this, but Tom Brady said this is going to be a lot harder for people to block people now that they, now that oh, they can Tom have single-digit numbers. And let me ask you this. Does Tom Brady not know a thing called the F word? And it's called film. You look at what the I think he does. Is. He watches a
1: shit ton of it. Yeah. Um,
0: so how the fuck would you not know... What number you need a guard?
1: Why does he act like a linebacker wearing fifty-six and a linebacker wearing the number eight is really going to change what he a good question. Sees. I
0: really don't know.
1: Because when he, I mean, granted, let's much as we hate the fuck, let's say this. He knows better than we do. He knows better than yeah. we do when he's looking at a defense. But in in my eyes, if you're looking at a defense and you're seeing a guy that's a linebacker line up in a certain way. It really doesn't matter what number they're wearing. It 56, number 10, number 90, it doesn't really matter. They're lining up in the linebacker position. To me, it really doesn't matter. But, to you know, in the same respect, to a guy who's been a seven-time Super Bowl champion quarterback, if he has a problem with it, then there might be an issue with it. There might be something that messes with quarterbacks. I haven't heard anybody else complain about it, but – Maybe maybe there's something with that that there's some legitimacy to. Or he's just being just a little bitch.
0: Nope, he's being a bitch. He's just being a bitch.
1: I don't see it. Also, players are not going to change their fucking numbers. Not a lot of them because they have to buy out their entire inventory if they do. So that mm-hmm. nobody wants to do that that bad. That yeah, you might no, see a few guys change numbers, but it's not going to be drastic. What's really going to change is guys coming into the league now are going to um, are going to start.
0: A lot of more sixty nines. I'll different. tell you that. A lot more.
1: Well, what what's sixty nine available to now? Because it was on the offensive line. What's it available to now?
2: Oh, I thought it was. available I think
1: D line now. I think it might have already been. It was it already available only, to D-line. It was
2: available to D line, Jared. Allen it was, but yeah,
1: Jared Allen wore it. That's right. Um, I don't know if they opened sixty nine to anybody else. Who did? Who would they have opened sixty nine to?
2: anybody could wear any
0: number they want.
1: No, 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 no. There's still restrictions. There's still quarterbacks can still only wear numbers like, one through nineteen. Same with kickers um why is this why, a rule? I, it's it's a i mean it goes back a long time but it's just a rule based on position they've done this at every level of fucking football they did this when i played middle school football they're fucking putting you in numbers based on position yeah because there's always like,
0: this kid jackson let me tell you he's gonna go to the big he's gonna go to the big stage yeah they, they when knew. they ask him they, what they, number do you want to wear we don't want his dumbass ass saying one when he's the quarterback or when he's uh offensive line oh head.
1: Well, I was fucking – I started out, quick story, as 12 because I was a quarterback in eighth grade football, you know, the most elite talent ever. I think
0: we went undefeated – or we didn't win a game hold that on, year. Hold
1: on, hold on, hold on. But I never played in a game as quarterback. They moved me to tight end. So I was playing the entire season as number fucking 12 at tight end. That was con- – that looked terrible. I Did you win a that. game? Uh, We went 0-6 on A-team, which yeah. I was on. And One in five on B teams. So, yeah. So, Jackson, that team was
0: sucks. Really so that's good. really the,
1: song, the story hey, of the story. It's not my fault that offensive line was worse than fucking Kansas City in the Super Bowl, okay? We couldn't fucking throw a pass. We didn't All have right. time.
0: All right. Now let's switch to a different football. Uh, John, this is your moment. This is your moment to shine.
2: Oh, yes. Um, You want to talk about the European Super League?
0: Say it loud and proud.
2: Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, basically, for people that didn't know, a bunch of soccer teams tried to, like – secede from their respective national leagues um the analogy I gave is if it was like the Yankees the Red Sox the Dodgers uh just like the big dogs of MLB were like yeah you know what we're just gonna go make our own little league um yeah that's basically what they try to do unsurprisingly people were very upset about it and uh, the idea crashed and burned in about two days um Josh what are your thoughts it's pretty. It was pretty terrible, right? Uh, it was. I never seen something get so much like hate.
0: So I'm. I'm a new soccer fan. Uh, John brought me into the game uh, about a year and a half ago. No, about a year. But just from what I've seen already, I would have been pissed after understanding what this did because this pretty much would have taken the Royals' 2015 championship away because it would have never happened if they played in this league. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. That is one that, way of putting it. I mean, it's true, though.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like they, it's, uh... it's like
0: the Royals would have never had the chance to beat Mike Trout. They would have never had the chance to beat, I'm just saying, the Mets. I mean, the Mets are high payers now. So it's like.
1: like and Colin Cowherd's dumbass defended this idea. He was like. Would it really be the end of the world if we went through every? Also, sports I really team want to know every... what
0: LeBron thought as a mi- minority owner of Liverpool. I just want to see what his dumbass had to say about soccer.
1: Probably didn't even and... fucking know what was happening. That's what I'm saying. But... I mean,
0: is LeBron off social? No, he's not. Never mind. Never mind.
1: Oh, he's definitely on social I was media. Say, we all don't the need time. to go into that. <laughs> but uh, no, Colin was like, well. Imagine if we just took the bottom seven teams out of the NFL, how much better the the league would be product wise. Like bro, that what the f- that means
0: you're given what? Who's the eighth pick?
1: That's what he's saying. That's what he's like, imagine how much better Trevor Lawrence's career if he would get drafted by someone like New England or San Francisco would be than Jacksonville. I'm like, that's the whole fucking point of the league is to give the worst what teams team the best players like, so they get better. Like Imagine in 2013 if he was just like, "Oh, Kansas City's bottom of the league. All right, get rid of them. Get rid of the franchise." AKA relegation.
2: Yeah, like, come on now. I do think. I, I do think, they don't need to be here anymore. Like, I want fuck see out Relegation
0: and promotion and sports in America. I just do.
2: I'll i think say, it would be kind of dope.
0: It would. I mean, just I mean, I think the first sport you test it out with is NBA.
2: Yeah, the problem is just. Well, obviously, that, like, obviously all... MLS, but then NBA. Yeah, the issue too is just like the way everything's subsidized in America. Like, there aren't as many teams that are content that would be content with being relegated. Like, if a New York team got sent to the second division, like, imagine that. Like, well, I mean,
0: that's <laughs> a thing you want to fight for. But Adam Silver is really trying to mirror off of what what leagues are doing in the in Europe, off of soccer, into the NBA, as
2: we see with like. A- is that tournament thing still going to happen? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And okay, so let me let me explain this because it's not like last year's tournament, and I was I thought la- I thought it was like last year's seven, eight, nine, ten. The seven at the end of the season is going to host the eight. Yes. The winner of that game gets the seven seed. Correct. Then the nine is going to host the ten, and the winner of that game is going to play the loser of the seven eight. Yeah. Those That's two teams will stupid. play and the winner of that game gets the 8 seed. Correct. And that makes no fucking sense. So the sense, Kings dude. need
0: to win two games.
1: It makes no fucking no,
0: that sense makes at absolutely
2: all. Absolutely zero sense. Why? Yeah. Like it you needed? would think you would want,
0: you would want this. The 7 versus the 10 and the 8
1: versus the 9. No, fuck that. I just want it. if you were the 7 or 8, at the end of the regular season, you're in. Fuck the 9 and 10. I'm sorry, Josh, but fuck hey. the 9 and 10. They don't deserve to it, be there. Fine. They it's didn't fine. make it. It's fine. They the, didn't the make it. It's going to be like 13. It's fine. Why are we going to give them fucking credit for not making it? It doesn't make any sense. Why are we like, oh, you're close enough. Here, have a play in. Okay, but look. Fuck no. The only thing that could
0: really it affect this.
2: is the regular season so much. Yes. Right, like. The only
0: thing that could really happen is if, like, the seven, the eight seed becomes the seventh seed and wins that series because seventh seeds upsetting two seeds are a lot more likely to happen than an eight seed upsetting a one seed. So like, Man, think about it.
1: How like, the Washington Wizards have absolutely no business making the playoffs with the way they started this season. Absolutely no fucking business. But they're probably they have a shot to make it. I mean, they could really become the seven or eight in this scenario. Did they earn well, that?
0: Really become the seventh? You have to be the seventh or eighth seed.
1: Oh, that's true. You can only yeah, but they could become the eight. It's kind of bullshit. It just doesn't make any sense. If if you did this in baseball or football, it would make no sense too. Like it, oh, if this imagine. happened imagine
0: football, I think shit would burn down.
1: Imagine it's bullshit how you play seventy two games. You could finish ten games better than this team. And if you lose to them one night, you're fucking gone. Well that's a wild doesn't card. Doesn't make any game. sense. But that doesn't make any basketball doesn't do wild cards. You do series. Well, Adam it's, wants to change it. Well, Adam's a fucking idiot. That's what I'll tell him. Okay. Like, I honestly, Adam Silver can suck my fucking dick. This makes no sense. <laughs> what? And what's no. bullshit is, is all 30 fucking owners voted yes on this shit. And now Mark Cuban's out here like, this doesn't make any sense. Well, because this his is dumb ass is a seventh seed right now. What would Shut you the, expect the fuck up, Mark. Say. You just don't want to lose to fucking Steph Curry. All right, bitch. You voted for this shit. You motherfucker. It's bullshit. It made sense last year because the season got cut off unexpectedly and nobody knew it was going to get cut off unexpectedly. And it would have been unfair to those teams that were fighting for a playoff spot just to say, oh, fuck it with 20 games left. You're sorry. Sorry. We're not letting you in. But this year, everybody knew it was a 72 game season. Everyone's playing the same fucking amount of games in the same amount of time. I don't understand it. I don't get it at all. Is it going to be entertaining? Yes. Am I going to watch it? Yes. Yes. Am I going to absolutely break shit if the Heat, as the seven seed, end up not making the playoffs? Fuck yes.
0: Okay, well, look. You want to know what you just said there? What? Adam, I don't care what you do. I'll still watch whatever's on my TV. And that's all that matters. He doesn't give a fuck about what you think. Oh,
1: obviously. Like, but what the fuck does he care about me? This is just I mean, more Adam, money. So-
0: it's just more money. Plain and simple.
1: Yeah, obviously, and that's why all teams agree. There's no doubt, but it's a fucking dumbass thing. It it, can be synonymous.
0: You get more money, so why would they not agree to it?
1: It doesn't. Okay, listen. Obviously, it's going to bring in more revenue, and that's probably why they did it because in a year. But it just fucking absolutely devalues the regular season. It makes the regular season horseshit.
0: And then they make the Pelicans and Jackson just say.
1: No, if the Heat are the nine seed, they don't deserve to fucking make the playoffs. Especially okay, in the tell East. me
0: that whenever they're the nine seed and they make it, please tell okay, me. Okay, first of
1: all, they're not going to be the fucking nine seed. But second of all, it's a dumbass rule. It doesn't make any fucking sense, and they—it's dumb enough they're doing it this year. If they do this next year when they go back to a regular schedule, they will.
0: It's fucking stupid. What is the point? I'm pretty sure I, they you will. Know what? Because I mean, if they're having the play-in tournament, they're definitely going to do this shit. Maybe maybe you could say, okay,
1: if the 8 and 9 seed are within three games at the I, end of I the like regular that. season, I
0: liked that last then season. they play. I liked if you were but, within five games, then there's a play-in game. I, I, I'm but a, the, I'm ten,
1: the 10 is bullshit. Fuck the 10. You don't deserve shit. The 9, you better be close because if you're a 9 seed in the West, let's say you're a 9 seed in the West, you're fucking eight games below the 8 seed. All
0: right, well, there's, here, in the Eastern Conference – The difference between the 8 and the 9 right now is a game and a half. And the Western Conference, the difference between the 8 and the 9 is a game. Okay, and that's fine. You could play
1: one game between those two. That's a little more reasonable than throwing in the 10 seed and just saying, here you fucking go. The gap from from the
0: the 9 to the 10 in the East is 2. The gap from the 9 and the 10 in the West is 0.
1: I mean, yes, there are smaller gaps, but I just don't think... I mean, what was wrong with the way it was? If you don't win enough games, you don't get in. It's that simple. It's Only not what hard. What what
0: David Stern would say about this.
1: I, I fucking hate this. I, David Stern can suck my dick for not allowing the Chris Paul trade to go through. But, yeah, he, he wouldn't have done this shit. I mean, it just – the fact that you can go from a 7 to not making the playoffs is bullshit. It doesn't make any sense. You've got – right now, the difference between the 10 and the 7 in the East – let's see, is six and a half games. Six and a fucking half. And you're telling me because that one team could have a few bad games, they're not going to make the playoffs. And the other team that played significantly worse throughout a bigger course of the schedule is going to make the playoffs. Bullshit. Don't get, get the fuck out of here. because
0: European soccer teams decided to make a Super League that we got into this discussion.
1: Yeah, fuck you, European Super League. Suck my dick, you're right. done.
0: Well, uh, I really have nothing else to talk about.
2: So, yeah. Um, yeah,
0: next week uh, yeah. we have a good interview. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who. John, do you
2: have anything else to say? Uh, who's our interview? <laughs> oh, I remember who it is.
0: That's the one thing you have to say. <laughs> who's our interview? Oh. <laughs> guys? He just guys- said he
2: wasn't going to say it. <laughs> it's Jeremiah Tillman, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. totally. It's Jeremiah Tillman. <laughs> I haven't heard back from him. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Uh, yeah, go Royals.
2: Yeah.